This is Encounters, a dialogue that brings you multifaceted life stories you don't want to miss. I met a lot of people who are my age who had got HIV and then later on passed away. But by meeting them, I also realized that they are equally smart and hardworking as I am, if not more so. But the difference is that they did not have the opportunity that I have. So it made me feel that I am a fortunate person. I have become more humble and more grateful for what I have. And at the same time, I decided to use my fortune to help others who are less fortunate. Sometimes our kids would ask me, so Uncle To, you are doing such great work in charity. Do you want us to do charity after we graduate? I said, it depends. What I really want is that you find a job that makes you happy. But at the same time, have the DNA of philanthropy inside you. I think I have gained by far more than what I gave. And I never considered what I have been doing as giving. We could do a lot for other people. I think I generally generate a lot of happiness and satisfaction from other people's happiness. And then you also look at life in a different way when you see so many people who have left you and have died. And then you have a sense of urgency to do something to help the society for the betterment. Hello and welcome. I'm Manling in Beijing. In the past two decades, more than 26,000 HIV-AIDS impacted orphans have received an education thanks to Chihan Foundation. Some have now graduated from university and some have received vocational training, leading to jobs in bakeries and even in well-known five-star hotels. The Hong Kong-based foundation was founded in 1998 by banker-turned-philanthropist Chun Tu. Having been influenced by his family, Chun Tu believes education is the key to helping those children go on to lead fulfilling and ordinary lives. I know that your family has been emphasizing your education from mm. young grandparents until mm-hmm. today. And uh, throughout your assistance to the AIDS orphans mm. or HIV positive mm. families, education is the most important thing mm. for you. You want them to have it. Yes. Why? I think um, my grandparent, my grandfather, in this case is my paternal grandfather, he was a graduate of uh, Jiao Tong University. Your grandfather yeah. graduated from Shanghai Jiao Tong? Shanghai Jiao Tong, Shanghai Jiao Tong, Shanghai Jiao Tong yes. University. Because oh. his father cares a lot about education, and actually his father at that time was quite well off, and the children did not have to go to school. My great-grandfather had three children, including my grandfather, but all of them went to university. And um, my grandfather's 
brother went to Nankai University uh-huh. in Tianjin. So they all were well educated by their standard mm-hmm. in their times. Mm-hmm. Because my great grandfather believed that family wealth can disappear in face of a war or a social stability. But if you give an education to your children, it would stay with them for the rest of the life. But if you give money to your children, mm-hmm. it might not last very long. So knowledge stays, right? Yeah. Okay. And I think that proved to be true because after 1937, Japan invaded Shanghai. So my grandfather moved uh, to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. At that time, Hong Kong was still not at war, not mm-hmm. until 1941. But at that time, between 1937 to 41, a lot of refugees moved to Hong Kong, and because my grandfather was relatively better educated than many other refugees, he was able to find a job quicker than others. He found a good job. So I think when you are refugees, when you lost everything and moved to Hong Kong, really your knowledge and your education would save you. Save you. And not just you, but the family, mm-hmm. your family yeah, behind. So my grandfather also makes sure that all his children, including my father, was you know receive an education and all that. So I think that's my family's belief. And I think these eight orphans, when I first met them, they were so hopeless. If I kept giving them money, it would solve the immediate problem, but it won't give them the skills for them to be sustainable. So you are actually passing on to these kids of yours, right?、Mm-hmm. Later, I call them your family tradition of emphasizing education,、mm-hmm. and you want to move them spiral up,、mm-hmm. lift them up,、yeah. right to the other end. Yeah. Let's talk about where do you get your money? You know, all through these twenty years, you know, what sources of fundraising、mm-hmm. you have. Who Be- were making or who have been making contributions to Chihan? Cumulatively, over the past twenty-one years, I think we have raised、uh, more than three hundred million Hong Kong dollars, about half from individuals and half from corporations. And、um, some are from organizing events, some are from you know fundraising campaign and donation. Is But, it difficult? Yeah. Very think, yeah,、Still? because now it's easier, but our need is bigger. When we first started, you know, fundraising for AIDS-related children is more difficult. I have been told by donors directly that, oh, Mister To, if your children were orphaned by earthquake or other diseases, then we would have no problem. But since your children are often by AIDS, we don't want to、um, negatively impact our corporate image and our branding. So, what sort of、um, negative influence will it have on their company images? Sometimes we have been turned down by F and B, like food and beverage companies, because they think you know it would make their consumers very、uh, discomfortable. Yes, you know there、um, is still a gap. Or a disparity between how the advanced nations, I mean developed nations, thinking about AIDS and our、mm-hmm. attitude towards AIDS. Have you realized there is still a gap? Yes, I think、um, there is a gap, but it is normal to me. It's except because if I looked at the U.S., it is the same. I remember the age、uh, of Ryan White. It was a small kid in the U.S. who was kicked out of school, faced a lot of、um, you know 
stigma and discrimination from parents of his school, and later on he passed away. But that's in the past. That was in the past in the U.S. What about now? Now I think it's much better. In the U.S., I yeah. think it's come a, a long way, but I think China, what we see today, would. Improve as well, but every society, every country, has to go through a stage. We are making progress. We are. Yeah. The progress was quite obvious when,、mm. in two thousand and ten, the Chinese government opened its door to、yes. foreigners who、yeah. have HIV/AIDS、mm-hmm. coming to China. But before that, they were not allowed、That's、because、right. it's a contagious or infectious、yeah. disease. It was treated as an infectious disease.、Yes. But now I think we have free treatment. Yes. Right. We have everything, but you have been providing money for orphans, right?、Mm. Some of them are already HIV positive, right?、Mm. But most of them are healthy、True. children, right? True. How do you allocate your money to them? I mean, because I heard you were interviewing every student、yes. in person.、Mm-hmm. Do you have enough time? I am interviewing every. University students in person, not in high school or, or used to be, but not、school. anymore. Yeah, I focus on university. Twenty six thousand. Yeah, for university students, the reason why I have to interview them partly is to encourage them, to congratulate them because they have made it to university, and then to encourage them to study harder. And at the same time, I have to make a decision of how much the sponsorship is for. Primary school and secondary school, the sponsorship is standardized. Oh, okay. But for university, because we, as you know, in different universities, the tuition is different. Yes. And sometimes, if you study the major, is different. Like the law is and medicine. It's law and medicine、expensive. is different from sometimes. Arts,、uh, fine arts,、uh, is also very expensive.、Mm-hmm. So I have to make decision how much money that each. You cannot give a standard package. Because the money needed for, for tuition is different. But for primary school and、uh, middle school, you standardize、yeah. the sponsorship. But still, you know, they have a different income level. Yeah, in primary and middle school, the, the junior high school, we have a basic sponsorship. But for some financially very difficult families, we give more、okay. than the basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in primary and secondary, because tuition is free from the government, what we do is to subsidize their living expenses so、mm-hmm. that they can live in dormitories、mm-hmm. or for room and board, and sometimes、um, maybe nutrition. Book, yeah,、right. nutrition and book and miscellaneous costs.、Mm-hmm. But we focus our spending on primary and middle school. On psychosocial development, we focus on bringing them to summer camps, winter camps, art therapies, home visits, counseling, so that they could be aware of the value of education. They can know why they are studying, what the purpose of studying, and what the world is like. When did you realize that they need more than just the money to go to school? The first three years, we did not. Do any summer camps? We started our program in 2002,、mm-hmm. and in 2005 we organized our first、uh, summer camp. And during the time, I realized that、uh, a lot of the kids, when you talk to them, saying, "Oh, study hard, you would get into university, and your life would be better. Tomorrow would be better." For a 12-year-old kid who has never left his or her own village. When you just tell them study hard, you will have a better future. 
his vision of better future is still very limited to the village. And then she or he would think that even if I study very hard, I become number one in class. This is what the world looks like. I will still be staying in yeah. this village. For a 12-year-old, they might have been to the county town, but that's it. However, if we bring a 12-year-old kid to Beijing and let them visit a factory, a bank, a hotel, different industries, and a university, they will know, wow, the world is so diverse, so interesting. And then at the end of the summer camp, we would tell them that this is an exciting world, and if you study hard, this could be your world. So you this, can be part of it. This idea of summer camp is all from your brain, right? Yeah. I'm very proud of it. And I, since then, 2005, until today, yeah, every, we never stopped. Every, every summer, year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Every How year. many people joined annually? When we first started, it was one or two camps each year, and now we have 21 camps each year. So cumulatively, we have supported 7,000 kids. 21 camps yeah. each year? Summer camps. Summer uh, camps? Winter camps, there are a few more, so about 30 camps a year. Wow, in different yeah. locations, right? Different in different locations. places. Yeah. The reason why we are doing more camps is because we want to limit our camp size. We don't want to have a camp with 100 students because we want every child to Small have class. smaller personal experience. Yeah. So we don't want them to go to a camp with 100 students. We want each camp to be limited to 40 students maximum. So some are 20, some are 30, some are 40. So in order to increase the total number of students we want to bring in, we have to increase the number of camps. Were they um, organized at the same time? During the summer? During the during six the weeks of summer. Six weeks of summer. And but then two, three weeks of winter. Were you able to attend uh, some of them? M almost all of them. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot yeah. divide yourself. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I at least would participate in one day of each camp for each of the 20, 30, 20, 30 yeah. something, you, yeah. you show up? Yeah, almost everyone. Really? Yeah. That was why, you know, I didn't <laughs> really have a chance to talk to you. <laughs> I've been booking you your time for so long. Then you can come to our camps. I know, but I'm also you know, <laughs> hooked here. But do you have so many arms and legs, you know, I mean brains that uh, you need to split and divide mm. amongst your children? Yeah. But I enjoy doing that, though. It's not hard work for me, although a lot of uh, traveling. But I think um, I enjoy seeing the kids. And what is your main transportation means? Oh, now with the high-speed train, it's very okay. convenient. <laughs> it has much less uh, delays, uh, and it's you know safer and and cheaper than flights. And I think uh, summer camps and winter camps are really playing very very important roles in the growth of these children. They were together, sharing and seeing a better world, and it's kind of mm. a very good incentive. But I heard that you also provide art therapy. Yeah. I think um, the camp is an eye-opening experience for the children. And it also came from my personal experience because when I was in high school in San Francisco, a lot of the universities invited me to visit their university, hoping that I would apply for the university. It's kind of eye-opening, right? Yeah, and you know, universities would come to different high schools to offer these uh, visits to 
either academically very well students or sports very well students under scholarship. So when I was a high school student, I went on to many universities on free trips because they wanted to convince the student to apply for that college. Yeah. So they always show the best part of the university. <laughs> it's kind of a lure, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I would be uh, hosted by a university student. I would stay in the dormitory. Uh, and then the host would take me to different classes and uh, also let me experience university life. And I thought that was a very cool thing to do. You know, as a high school student, being able to go to university for a few days, that was an eye-opening experience. And when I went back to my high school, I became a lot more motivated to study hard to get into a good school. So this was my personal experience. And I thought if we could bring our kids who are in... And the reason why is junior high is because once they have gotten into senior high schools, they are pretty much determined to study hard. They see the goal, right? They have seen the goal and they know what they want. But in China, a lot of people drop out of school mm. in junior high school from mm. seven, eight, ninth grade. Especially in rural areas. In rural areas, because they have an option. They could go to work in a factory. They become migrant workers Yeah, in big cities. In big cities. So they could make money. So I need to keep them in school. You actually and stopped them... people making money, right? For a short term, because they now see that if I more money in the future, right? With yeah, knowledge, they, if they study a few more years, they are going to make more money in the long term. So we're and, not I, really talking about money. They are going yeah, to have a better life. Better life, have independent thinking, and I think enjoy this life better as well. Um, art therapy is one. Psychological mm -hmm. consultation. Yeah. When did you include this into your? Regular program. Yeah, a package of... We know. came across some students who had mental illness and... Uh, because of the stigma, right? Yeah, we, Discrimination. it is very unfortunate that we have two brothers. One of the two brothers, one day he woke up and killed his parents who are HIV positive. But I never thought that his parents would be killed by not their the disease, son. but their own son. And uh, he obviously had mental illness, and that was caused by a lot of discrimination from neighbors and other factors. So it made me realize that I think not all, but some of the beneficiaries, they also require professional counseling and But that's and, and very help. expensive. Number how, one, how do you do it? Yeah. yeah. Number one, we have the train the trainers ideas. Not everyone needs professional help, mm -hmm. but at least our frontline workers. We currently have eighty paid staff who are full time and working in the villages, and then about fifteen of them are home visit officers. That means ah. they do nothing but every day they go to visit home visit officers. Yes, they visit the the students' home. And understand the needs so and try to solve the needs. So 80 paid ones, right? Yeah. And how many of them? 15, 15 right? of them are okay. home visit officers. And um, they are more like social workers in the modern world or in the urban societies that they would go to different homes regularly to make sure that things are okay. Mm -hmm. How do you cope with all these tragedies, I mean? You have witnessed so many of them. I think the first uh, three years was the most difficult. I have witnessed a lot of death and um, tragedy, and uh, I wasn't 
trained as a doctor, so by seeing so much sufferings and pain, it really made me feel very. Um, I was on the verge of depression. Yeah, and uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night and started crying for no reason. And when I look back to that time, which was two thousand and two to two thousand and five, almost all the photos I took. I never smiled. I always had a very upset face, and I think I became so involved with the children that I felt their pain. I felt their rage. But then there was two news which made me felt aware. One was、uh, in Hong Kong, a singer called Leslie Zhang Zhang、oh. Guorong、mm. committed suicide in two thousand and four. And then there was a famous author in the U.S., Iris Chang, who wrote a book about the rape of Nanking. Rape of Nanking. And then she was a very young person, but after writing the book, after、yeah. doing all the research、mm-hmm. about the rape of Nanking, she became so depressed about something which happened sixty years ago at that time. But then she still couldn't handle it, and then killed herself. But how come there? You know they couldn't handle it, and their stories helped you handle it. Yeah, it made me aware that oh, I should not. I couldn't、uh, go that yeah, way. Yeah, I need、oh. to stop or have something to handle. And then at the same time, there was a, a mathematician called John Nash who came to Hong Kong.、Oh. Who、uh, there was a, a movie called The Beautiful Mind. I love、movie. that movie. Yeah, and then in the movie he handled his mental illness, although it wasn't depression. It no. Was,、uh, yeah. Something else, but then he became aware of his problem, and then he was trying to overcome it. So, so these three cases yeah, actually helped you lift、yeah. yourself from depression, right?、Yeah. And afterwards, like you said, between two thousand two to two thousand five, you never smiled in、mm. your photos, but now you smile so frequently. I mean, so much.、Mm-hmm. The first time I saw you, you were smiling, you know, from ear to ear.、Mm-hmm. And you look at your eyes, you know, it's kind of smiling all the time.、Yeah. So you become a positive person, right? Yeah, I'm always positive. I think that's because I'm always so positive and optimistic and humorous. That I think because of my personality. That otherwise, a lot of people would have either burned out or, you know, devoured, devoured by the whole thing. So this is like overwhelmingly. When I was doing some research on your story,、mm. I felt it's the overwhelming helplessness. Mm. And how could you, you know, lift yourself out of this、mm. depression? And then, where do you get the strength? Because、mm. it's kind of a sustaining job for you, right?、Yeah. Are you going to assist these children in the future? I mean, your age is increasing, right? Born in sixty-seven, now in your fifty, right? Fifty-two, and fifty-two,、uh, and you started to be involved like thirty-something, right?、Mm-hmm. And from an uncle to these kids. And、uh, become a daddy. <laughs> They call you Du Papa, right? <laughs> from a, an uncle, maybe even a brother. <laughs> yes. From brother, uncle, and then to daddy, and now grandpa. Because、mm. I heard some of your how to say sponsored kids have already grown up and then become parents, right?、Yeah. They got a twin. Yeah.、Right? And the size of your company,、mm-hmm. Chihon. Keeps growing, snowballing.、Mm-hmm. You are becoming older and older, and your business is being, you know, enlarged and expanded.、Mm. How 
can you cope with this sort of thing? And what is the future of Chihon? You know, mm. in the future, are you still going to assist these people, or it's just a project over, and then you're going to switch to something else? I think philanthropy is my lifelong career. I always would be doing something related to philanthropy. I see that、uh, in the past we have been doing mostly charitable work, meaning that we raise money as donation and then we use the donation to support children's education. This part will continue, but at the same time, I think the we are going to have less aids. Orphans in the future, definitely, and、yeah. one day we are going to have a zero,、yeah. you know, orphans. That's right? right. And then also in China, by 2020, we have the goal of becoming a mid-income country. So I think in the future, no matter whether we become mid-income in 2020 or so, the country is definitely becoming better developed and economically better. But it doesn't mean there's no need for. Charity work. I think people may not need cash as a support, but a lot of people would need for vocational training. They want to be seen as a partner of development. They want to have better opportunity for development. And I think、uh, also psychosocial wise,、uh, a lot of people felt under stigmatized, discriminated against.、Uh, some of the psychosocial work that we do could. Also, be for university students. So it、um, may not be just limited or restricted to AIDS orphans. It、right. could be minority still. You're going to focusing on the minority、yeah. people that they still need your help. In the past、uh, years, during my visit to a lot of these villages that we support, I have seen children who also need help, whose parents are in jail. For example, do you include them? Oh yes, we are now slowly、Already? including them. Ah, because we work in Yunnan area, and a lot of our students have、uh, parents are drug addicts who got HIV. But at the same time, there are other drug addicts in the same village. They might not have HIV yet, but their children. Growing up with drug addict parents also have faced a lot of social so, stigma. So you are going to focus on children. And education, children with education—that's definitely、mm-hmm. the theme. But then we can help children whose parents are in prison, children whose parents are drug addict or in rehab, or children who are orphaned by、mm-hmm. other means,、mm-hmm. or children who suffer from other disabilities. I think、uh, with our success in the past, we have seen how much we could transform a child. To become very self-confident, and、uh, from two thousand and two, from one hundred twenty-seven children,、mm-hmm. that's the first batch of children received your sponsorship, right? To today's twenty-six thousand,、mm-hmm. you definitely have Chihon and you and your group of eighty paid、mm-hmm. workers definitely have changed their life.、Mm-hmm. But I want to know that have they changed your life? Um, I became a person who are more grateful. In the past, I think、um, when I worked in banking, I was always surrounded by people who are very capable, very healthy, young and energetic,、uh, and make a lot of money and dress very well. When you live like that for a while, you would have the misconception that you know the world is like that. But I think Chi Hengshui. 
I met a lot of people who are my age who had got HIV and then later on passed away. But by meeting them, I also realized that they are equally smart and hardworking as I am, if not more so. But the difference is that they did not have the opportunity that I have, the opportunity for education, the opportunity for work. So it made me feel that my success and what I have actually has a lot to do with my fortune rather than my own hard work. And I, once I realized that I am a fortunate person, I have become more humble and more grateful for what I have. And at the same time, I have decided to use my fortune to help others who are less fortunate. Yes, indeed. Um, sometimes I think there is a saying that to be able to give is a happy thing, is a blessing, right? So in many people's eyes, you are a generous person, philanthropist, that you've been involving in giving, giving, giving. But I want to know how much you gained from giving. I think I have gained by far more than what I gave. And I never considered what I have been doing as giving. Every day is a gain to me. I think a lot of the children have taught me the preciousness of life, especially when you see a lot of people who have died and now the fact that you have a healthy body, I think that's something to be grateful for. And um, we also could do a lot for other people. I think I generally generate a lot of happiness and satisfaction from other people's happiness. When I see other people happy, then I became happy. I think that's a very big gain. And then you also look at life in a different way when you see so many people who have left you and have died. And then you have a sense of urgency to do something to help the society to, for the betterment. 26,000 people, they are all different. They have different lives, right? But as a uncle, daddy, grandpa, you know, now you're growing into grandpahood <laughs> in the future. What do you expect them to become? Sometimes um, our kids would ask me, oh, so Uncle To, you are doing such great work in charity. Do you want us to do charity after we graduate? I said, it depends. What I really want is that you find a job that makes you happy and do something. If you are happy to become a singer, I would wish you all the best. And I hope that you would become the best singer in the world. But at the same time, have the DNA of philanthropy inside you. At the right time, you can do a charity concert to help the poor. So I want all our children to have a DNA of philanthropy inside them. But I don't want them to all become full-time charity workers. So the philanthropy should become part of their DNA. Mm. Can I say that biological or gene, you know, these DNAs are not very important to you. Mm. But you created a certain kind of a DNA of philanthropy mm. and you want this DNA to copy itself and then to... Pass it, Pass it on. And also, a lot of Chi Hang's children told me that although HIV AIDS have taken away my parents, 
but uh, I found a new family called Chihang. Besides the love and the DNA, I also feel that philanthropy should be like a family. I see all the children under our support as my own children, and at the same time, all the donors and supporters are also part of this part of the bigger family. family. And I never thought of exploiting them or just extracting the donation money from them. I genuinely care about them and see them. You as are actually bridging money. Mm. Some people have money in their pocket, okay. and then others need it. Need it. And yeah. you are in between. <laughs> You're yeah. going to, you know, let me help you to spend the money for good for causes. Good causes, yeah. Mm. And then I would not uh, just see them as donor, but also part of our family members. And I genuinely care about their happiness as well. And I hope all the people who come to Chihang to volunteer their time or to give their money also become happier. It's actually the mutual love, right? Yeah. Giver and taker, giver and, and taker, taker become giver, yeah. and it's a good cycle. Right. A lot of our donors and supporters, after working with Chihang and as volunteers or giving money, they become happier too. So this is something they take back as well. Chantu compares the young people he has helped with numerous starfish. The metaphor. Came from one of his favorite stories. It goes like this: One day, an old man goes walking with his granddaughter on the beach. They see thousands of stranded starfish, all were washed up and dying. As they walk, the old man picks them up one by one and throws them into the sea. His granddaughter asks, "What difference that will make, as there are so many?" He picks another one up, throws it back into the waves, and says, "It makes a difference to that one." As the Chinese saying goes, "Don't avoid making an act of kindness just because it's small in scale." 勿以善小而不为 From the first batch of 127 children to today's 26,000. Chun Tu has never stopped doing his best to save these little starfish. Chun Tu said he always wished he could have met the children in his big Chihun family earlier, but that's his only regret. And if he dies tomorrow, he will die happy and fulfilled. I'm Manling, and that's the end of our show. Please rate us. Because the more stars we get, the easier it is for other people to find the show. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.